I'm just really glad that I, you know, didn't buy into the stories of what's possible as a mother, what's possible as a working mother, and that I, I've really been able to experience that, like, you can be all, all of you. Sometimes the cultural limits we grow up with can become our norms. Like the water we swim in, we forget to question them. What happens when we notice them and push back? Today, Grace Chan shares her story of what happened when she dedicated a few moments a day to creative expression as a new mom and the photo series that went viral. This is Shame Piñata. I'm Colleen Thomas. Welcome to Shame Piñata, where we talk about creating rites of passage for real-life transitions. Several years ago, when I was considering starting this podcast, I stumbled upon a show called Creativity School with Grace Chan. My husband and I listened regularly on our way to the train station each morning, and then I continued to listen as I walked from one foggy bus stop to the next in downtown Oakland. Grace was just starting creativity school then, and she regularly shared what a scary journey it was for her, putting herself out there, being bold enough to think she had something relevant to say, worrying no one would listen. I could relate to all of that. And yet she did it. And she modeled for me and all her listeners how to just go for it, believe in yourself and make it happen. But not just simply to go for it, believe in yourself, and make it happen, but to really get on a deep level that starting a new project is a hugely vulnerable thing. It takes deep courage and chutzpah, and there's a simple reason for that. Our creative projects are actually little bits of our souls. In creating them, we're letting a bit of our soul essence come into a forum that can be shared with our world. That sounds completely safe and easy, right? Grace and I recently sat down to talk through another transition in her life, becoming a mom for the first time. We focused on what that huge transition was like for her, how she took care of herself throughout it, and how she found time to keep expressing her creative self. So take us to that time in your life. What was what was going on? How did it feel to be there? Uh, gosh, it was a really hard time in my life. Nothing can prepare you for motherhood. And I think... In hindsight, it's easy for me to see what was so hard about all of it. Aside from it just being a brand new experience, you're doing something you've never done before, the lack of sleep, the postpartum depression, all of that. But I think what I've realized is also being a type A workaholic, overachiever, where I prepare myself as much as I can by reading all the things. You can't do that with motherhood at all. Like nothing you read, nothing you try to prepare yourself with can prepare you for this moment and for this experience. And so um, I was just grappling with a lot. I think not just physically, like literally not sleeping, trying to take care of a baby, but emotionally, mentally, all while trying to juggle that with a career too, because I was, you know, mm-hmm. self-employed, uh, career as a photographer, and I only did a three-month maternity leave, and then I just jumped right back into work. And so it was a lot going on, and 
I kind of felt sometimes like I was losing myself, losing my identity as just Grace, but also who am I as a photographer now? Where does this put my career? And it was just a lot of struggling. It was hard trying to find myself in where I fit, where, you know, I fit in with this whole new role I have now as a mother. Totally. And I have to imagine that because I haven't been through that transition for myself, but I imagine it's got to be like, I mean, of everything we could do in life, right? It's got to be like one of the biggest transitions, especially for a first time mom. A huge transition that you just cannot ever prepare for. Nothing can prepare you for it. And it's interesting because I had another Mm -hmm. baby a year and a half ago And it was a completely different experience because I'd been through everything before. I knew what to expect. Even just the lack of sleep didn't impact me as much as it did the first time because I knew what was coming. But when you really don't know what's ahead, transitions can be really, like when you're in that, it can be so hard and challenging. Was there a bigger sense of need of like faith and support and whatever faith might mean to you (laughs) the first time through? You know, what's so interesting is I am a very deeply spiritual person And I have been my whole life, but I really dug deep into it probably five years before my son was born. And, um, you know, I think when things get really challenging and hard, that's really when one would think that's when you need your spiritual practice or your faith the most. And that's actually in my time when I completely just forgot it because I was so, (laughs) oh gosh, I was in a really dark place and... Mm -hmm. I just didn't even have the time to meditate, (laughs) you know? And, you know, what's interesting, again, I keep comparing it to now my second child because I had the wisdom and the experience of having gone through it. You know, I I went through some very hard times with my second child as well, but this time that's when I leaned in purposefully even more into my spirituality, leaned in Mm. even more into the meditation and leaned in even more into the faith and the trust and all of that. But... It was a lesson learned with my first one because, again, like I said, that's really when I wish I had been able to go more into my own faith and my own inner knowing. And I just don't even think I had the bandwidth to do to do that. So tell me about the the photos of the baby and your dog and how that how did that happen? How did that start? So um, my son's name is Jasper. My dog's name is Zoe. And Zoe is a rescue dog from Taiwan. I adopted her in 2007. It's so funny because she's 15 now and things have changed so much in 15 years because now um, it's pretty well known, especially in the rescue community, about rescue groups that go to other countries where animal welfare is just not as sophisticated or even as top of mind as it is here. And so they'll bring the dogs from those countries to adopters in the United States. And it's very common, you know, from Iran or other places in Asia, Korea. Um, But in 2007, it was considered very weird. And I did not do it on purpose, but I went on petfinder.com to adopt a dog. And I came across this puppy staring at me. That was just the cutest thing. And it turned out she was from Taiwan and they had a volunteer and they flew her over here. And so she was looking for a home. So that was Zoe. Turns out she's like the shyest thing you'll ever meet. And um, (laughs) when we had Jasper, she wanted nothing to do with him, like at all. And so over a period of, I want to say by, it took seven months for her to allow him to even touch her. And then once that happened, it was like, oh, uh, this kid is really interesting. I like him. Like I'm into him. And so... (laughs) That was going on, and I, like I said, I had gone back to work when he was only three months, and I just started feeling like, 
really like that longing of like my creative self and when he was sleeping i had this idea for um taking a photo of them side by side wearing the same hat just because i thought it was cute and so i took one when he woke up and i put it on my facebook page and my sister was like oh my god like this is so cute you have to shoot more of them and so i did i ended up shooting 23 of them i would work on it whenever jasper went down for his nap so i just get little spurts of really just getting to do whatever it is that I wanted because it was I was shooting it for myself. It's not client work. It's not for anyone other than me. And it was my space and time to just be me and be as creative as I wanted. And the images just took off. They went viral. Um, they ended up all over the world. I remember in one day, um, I was getting interviewed on the Colombian radio and just interview after interview from websites like on the phone from email and so I'm just doing this all while Jasper was I think nine or ten months old and just juggling um, all the media uh, they were on the Today Show with um, Kathy Lee and Hoda I mean it, it was just crazy it was it was amazing it was an amazing experience for me because I felt almost like like you're still in there Grace <laughs> You know, like you, you had the seed of an idea that spoke to you. You somehow found the time to get it out of you and just expressed yourself and shared it. And it resonated with people and see like you're still there. You can still do all these things. It's just it's coming from a different place now. This kind of self-talk is one of the things I love to see Grace model. This caring voice within her that cheers her on. Along with her vulnerability, I love this glimpse into a very simple but profound way that she takes care of herself and honors where she is on her journey. We'll be right back. Hey listeners, this is Laura from Shelter in Place, an award-winning narrative podcast about reimagining life through creativity and community. We have officially opened enrollment for our next audio storytelling class, Labs Weekender, where we pull back the curtain on our podcast production process and share how we became an award-winning podcast in the top 1% globally. And then we give you a complete tool set to create your own narrative podcast. Our next class starts June 1st, so you can sign up at shelterinplacepodcast.org slash labs. Grace and I spoke about the freedom she gave herself in being creative for a few minutes while Jasper took his nap. She was just being herself, and it was fun. I asked Grace if she thought it was that energy of freedom, that fun, that drew people to the photo series. That was there, and that's what people were responding to. I mean, it's really cute right it's like a little what's so cute about it is that zoe looks exactly the same in every single photo and then jasper is the most sparkly little rascal you'll ever meet and so every photo his smile and his his expression is slightly different um and then all the different hats are just different accessories you know and i think it was just all all these pieces came together and it was just really whimsical it was really cute um, it purposefully was not, um, what's the word I want to use? It wasn't like cloyingly sweet, you know, it was um, minimalist. It was, I, in my opinion, like I wanted it to be very well designed and thoughtful. And so I think a lot of these pieces sort of came together in a way people hadn't seen before. And they were really responding to that. Mm. That's a huge thing that happened. So how did that impact your experience of becoming a mom? Um, you know, what's interesting is that if I'm completely honest, 
there were times in my darkness where I really thought I've ruined my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is it. This is the end. I think a lot of this was probably my postpartum depression speaking. But there were times where I was just like, what did I do? Like, I've ruined my life. Like, my life mm-hmm. is going to be struggle and hardship from here on out. I think a lot of moms wow. and parents who have been through, especially those very hard initial three months, know what I'm talking about. I think we've probably all had a moment where we're like, we're questioning our life decisions and like, what did I just do? But it's completely added this richness to my life that has changed everything. Like it hasn't just changed me as a human being that informs me as an artist, me as a photographer, me as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. me as a business person. And I can't remember. I feel like at one point someone said this to me and I wish I remember who it was and when it was, but they said that your work is only going to get better because you're a mom and they were absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's like I'm specifically making work about motherhood now or anything like that, but it's better because I just have much so much more access to my emotions and my feelings and I have a richer experience of life. I just, it, it's, I have this whole layer yeah. of life that I've never experienced before. I think anytime you can add more experiences to what, you know, mm-hmm. all the things you've been through, you bring that with you. It becomes just a new part of you. And so I think um, having gone through motherhood and transitioning to that has just made me a better artist. And I also think, you know, talking about spirituality, Becoming a parent is a pathway to really healing yourself, (laughs) you know? I I mean, I have encountered things in me that I never would have had to access, you know, as far as wounds and healing myself. I never Mm would have had to go there if I never became a parent, you know? They are mirrors, and it's been really revealing to me on exactly the places that I needed to go and heal myself so that I could show up and be the best mom that I can be. And in doing that, that's only Mm -hmm. made my work better too. So it's just been Mm -hmm. a really interesting, uh, I mean, interesting is like not even quite, I don't even know what word to describe the journey of parenthood and how it's informed everything that I am now. But, um, it's been very deep and it's been very illuminating and it's been very healing. It kind of sounds like maybe there was a point in time when, when your when your brain was like, oh, I'm either a creative or a mom. Like there's not room for both. And then there was sort of this bright light of, oh, wait, I can do both and I can be even better at, you know, at both. Yes, you just said it so perfectly. That's exactly, yes. Yes, <laughs> I think it's so easy to get into very black and white thinking and it's exactly what you just said. It was, and it was me learning that process and and going through this realization that I can absolutely be both. That both are so beautiful and so valuable. And it's like the totality of me is what makes everything I do. Because me being a great artist is me being who I am and being authentic and expressing myself and bringing that with me into my mothering. And my mothering is about love and and unconditional love and service and all these things that I'm bringing into my art, right? And, and so it's, it was really learning how they coexist and how they really um, help each other. It's like a synergistic relationship. And it's like, it's that idea of being our fullest selves in all the realms that we're in and that not hiding, hiding our light. But that's easier said than 
done, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's easier said than done because it's so, there's so many things in our minds, especially as, as women, we get socialized that being a mother has to be a certain thing. We, we get told you can't possibly make money isn't being an artist or creative. Like there's just all of this like background noise that I know in my life, I've felt like I've overcome a lot of limiting thoughts only to realize that they're actually running through my system and affecting me at a deeper level. It's like a constant uh, dropping. Oh, it's still there. Oh, it's still there. You know, Cause it's like the water we swim in and we're raised with. So it's an, I think it's an, a kind of an ongoing process. It is. I've experienced things. the same. I think it's really becoming aware of what you're thinking and how you're feeling and, and exposing what those very limiting beliefs are. And I think for me, every time I have tried to um, expand what's possible for myself, I just find more of them. You know, that's, I just feel like it's an <laughs> ongoing thing, but I, I enjoy this process. I love this process. I love getting to know who I am. I love finding where I'm holding myself back. And I love knowing that all of it's an illusion. Like I can be anything and anyone that I want to be. And it's the only thing that's really stopping me is my own limiting thoughts of what I think is possible. And like you said, we're swimming in it. And it's so cultivating the awareness to even know what you're swimming in and knowing you have the power and the choice to change what that is. I think it's it's fun. I love, you know, I say like, I really, I have no desire to do things like bungee jumping and skydiving because I think going within myself is so much more exciting. It's, I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> and, and I think an important piece in my life, a thing that I've learned to do is just to create a, um, an atmosphere for myself that counterbalances the water I swim in. So I try to surround myself by things that are very meaningful to me and people that speak in ways that inspire me and you and your show and having you in my life through listening to your show has just been one of those things. It's like a pillar of um, you're just so positive And so just everything. I just I just love you and your work. Thank and, you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. you just made my day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I think that specific to the creative journey it, it is so unknown it's like motherhood it's like you can't plan for it. you you're so purposefully putting yourself on a path where everyone has told you it's not possible we have so much surrounding us the water around us tells us that the life of creativity is so not possible and it's if it is possible and it's worked out for people it's because they're really special and it's so not true. And so that's, that's, I'm so happy to hear that the show speaks to you because that's just what I want people to realize. It's, it's all not true. They're all just stories and we can change them. Yeah. And there are so many ways that we can be creative in life. Like it doesn't, creativity doesn't have to be, you know, writing or drawing or singing or it's just astonishing to me how creative, how creative people mm -hmm. are in general. And then we, we, we somehow it's become like a thing that we're not supposed to own or I don't know. It's just, but it feels like it's almost like our, our soul essence. It's like, it's like, you know, cause we, cause we're all going to create what we're going to create. And if we're bold enough, we're going to create great stuff and it's going to be unique. It's going to be like our soul speaking. 1000% agree so, with you. I'm like nodding my head so hard. Yeah. I, I really think creativity, <laughs> again, it's like we've limited what that is. And I really, I agree with you. I think it is the energetic imprint that we put on the world. And it's our very own unique energetic imprint. And really another way of saying that it is mm -hmm. our soul's expression. And I think the reason mm -hmm. why people who want to be creative and just for some reason feel like they can't be, the reason why it is such a wound, it's painful, is because 
we are all creative, literally. We all have this soul. We all have this energy that wants to self-express. And to hold back something so... It's the foundation of being human. How, how, how wounded are we to say that we're not creative when that is what we're here to do? We are here to self-express and be unique. And, and then suddenly people are saying, oh, no, but that's not valuable. You can't make money doing it. Mm-hmm. It's only a hobby. And only special people can do it anyway. Like you're denying something so basic and foundational to every single human being out there. Well, it's so it's such a treat to have you here and to hear you tell the story in in real time and to get to talk to you in real time. Oh, it's such a delight to be on your show. I love your show. I love everything you're doing. I love, you know, your heart for everything. I can feel it and I can see it. And so it's just such a delight to connect with you and be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Creativity School with Grace Chan is a wonderfully self-reflective exploration of Grace's journey as a photographer, bridging into being a podcaster, and more recently, bridging into being a creative coach. What I love about Creativity School is how transparent Grace is on the show, how she talks herself through each transition and lets us in on all of the vulnerability and the uncertainty. Recent episodes touch on when people don't like your work and releasing the fear of failure. There's a link to the Creativity School with Grace Chan in the show notes. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. Grace Chan is a commercial animal photographer recognized for the highly expressive portraits of animals she shoots for ad agencies, pet brands, magazines, and more. She's also the author of two books, a creative transformation coach and the host of Creativity School podcast, where she guides people on how to share their unique gifts and talents with others. Our music is by Terry Hughes. You can follow us on IG and Twitter at Shane Pinata. You can reach us through the contact page at our website, shamepinata.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite player. I'm Colleen Thomas. Thanks for listening. <laughs>